enjoy Pastor Brian preaching. Amen? So, and he's a dear friend of mine, and so it's a privilege for me and my wife to be with you this morning to speak. And she's very much a part of this. So 41 years ago on December 11th, we got married. So, <laughs> she's my bride. How, how many of you have noticed the romance between Pastor Brian and Jill? How, how many? Have you noticed that? Isn't that just cool? <laughs> so I got this big Bible up here, and I'm not going to read from it. I've already got it down here and in here. <clears throat> but this morning at, uh, well, before I tell you about the coffee shop, I wanted to thank all of you for being friends with us. I've enjoyed playing ping pong with Tom. Tom's over there. It's been really fun. And then I buy groceries from somebody at Safeway, and she's right there. <laughs> and when I came back and saw Bob Butkey, I just had to have a double take. He looks better now than 12 years ago. <laughs> that guy is buff stuff, you know. It's like, wow. And then um, the builder, boomer builder generation that really is a heart of this church sits over here. I really enjoy their faith, their love for the Lord, and uh, their constants. Just something that's faithful, faithful to the gospel, faithful to the word, faithful to prayer. And uh, they're, they're really backbone, their framework of the church. And so that's, you're, you folks are so encouraging. Then I'm in a part of a prayer group, a prayer time in the mornings, which I've really enjoyed. So I've got... Um, Two people I want to just uh, note, Kathy Pinch and Rob. So if you were here this morning, you gave a message in tongues, interpretation. You, you read a really uh, uh, an awesome word to us this morning. Then we were encouraged by Elaine and to, to um, listen. Pastor came up and exhorted us to step into whatever it was the Spirit's leading us into. Jim gave us a message in tongues, and so we had an interpretation. We also had uh, other words of exhortation, not to be confused with tongues and interpretation. So some of the people in this room were actually stepping out by faith and exhorting, encouraging. And so that's, that's, a, that's a group of people in harmony, amen? It's a group of people that are unified. That's a group of people that... Uh, love Jesus. And I'm just here to tell you, I love Jesus. Amen. So I have this big Bible at Starbucks and I have it open this morning. I don't know what time it is. And this tall lady comes and stands and she looks at me and she says, uh, so what do you think about Trump making Jerusalem the capital for the Jews? And I looked at her and I just honestly, really honestly, I want to say, Lady, I'm just here studying the Bible so I can preach this morning. I really don't want to be bothered right now. <laughs> but I didn't say that. I said, well, I had to think about who I'm talking to here because there's a group of people, they're my age, and every time I, I'm there early in the morning, then they finally get there, and they, and they all complain about the same thing every day. Millennials, <laughs> every one of them has something to say about millennials. I have to tell you something funny. So I got up this morning when I was leaving, and guess who opened the 
door for me as I'm leaving. A millennial. And he smiled. And he said, hi. And I just walked out. I don't even know this guy. And I thought to myself, where, where are these older people? Are they kind of not getting connected to what's going on here? <laughs> you know? And by the way, I have millennials as children. I really love millennials. <laughs> how, many, how many parents have children? <laughs> so I, it doesn't matter what generation. doesn't make sense, does it? Parents with children, right? <laughs> That's kind of a truism. <laughs> so I was just thinking, Kathy and Rob, if all of you guys would like collaborate with those that spoke in tongues and, and gave words of exhortation and that... We're in our prayer group, we're making a record of, of what's being said Sunday after Sunday. And it's very, very encouraging. You write it down. That's very encouraging. That's not to be lost. That's something that's meant to encourage us throughout the week. God's speaking here, amen? Spirit of truth is speaking. So with all of that, I'm going to take my big Bible with 14. as 14. Um, yeah, it's, it's what, do you, what do you have it when this is size? Font. Yeah. Does anybody want to know what I said to the lady, actually? Okay. <laughs> I said, you know, it's really, really hard for me to gather all the facts when I listen to NBC, ABC, and CBS, and CNN, and I listen to Fox. I said, it's really hard for me to gather everything. I'm in a season of just listening to what the news is saying. I'm in a season of listening to what, uh, what uh, President Trump is actually doing. But I said, if you want to talk to me about my eschatology, I'd be more than happy to do that. So she got this look on her face that said, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Meaning that, so when she, when she, with that look, I said, so she said, well, what, what religion are you? Are you a Baptist? Are you a Pentecostal? Are you a Catholic, a Protestant? I said, well, I'm born of the Spirit. I love Jesus Christ with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for us right now, and he's going to come back again. I'm looking for Jesus to return. I'm born again. No, 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 no. I mean, what religion are you? I said, I'm telling you what I believe. I, I, I said, I, I'm Pentecostal. I'm born of the Spirit. I love Jesus with all of my heart. And so pretty soon, it, all these other people, the older folks around who have their idea about religion. <laughs> wow. <laughs> They're listening to her. And so, and you know, it was just my moment to say, I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I would encourage you, North Lake, to be prepared because when you go to your coffee shops, I hope you open the biggest Bible you have open. And as you're reading it, someone goes, wow, do you read the Bible? Another truism. Yeah, you're there reading the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah, this is the Bible. Amen. So you're, um, all of you are, are very encouraging to Bristol and I. We're really glad to be, to be home. So I've taken a few minutes just to kind of as, as a way of introduction. So I am going to pick the book up and have all of you stand in the tradition of North Lake, right? <laughs> 14 font. Hallelujah. <laughs> Have to use two hands pretty soon to hold it up, but it'll be all right. Let's read it together. This book is my all-sufficient guide. 
for faith and conduct. Amen. Praise the Lord. So inside your bulletin is a little um, outline. And I want to encourage you to take it. And I'm just going to put some words in there. If, if I say some things this morning that theologically you've not heard or you, 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 you missed it or whatever, don't be afraid just to come up and say, well, so what does this mean or whatever? Because really, uh, Pastor Brian and I are in agreement about being born of the Spirit, being baptized in the Spirit, the uh, manifestations of the Spirit from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through yeah, all the way through the end of the chapter, until you start verse chapter th 13, of course. And uh, so, we're, we're like-minded. That's why we're here at North Lake. We're like-minded. We really, really love Jesus. And we really love the moving of the Holy Spirit. And we really want more. How many want more? So, Amen. Living by the nudge. We're going to read together a text. Acts chapter 10 and verses 19 through 23. And I'd like us to just, uh, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Is, th is that what that is? The New Living Translation? Some. Okay. So whatever it is, I have four or five translations through my notes here. So if it doesn't wind up with yours, forgive me, okay? While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Wow. Do not hesitate to go with this group that are going to take you to Caesarea, where this Roman authority is, who wants to see me. Did you? Were you ever afraid when the principal's office called you? <laughs> I know most of you never got called. I got called a lot. <laughs> yeah, my mom and dad were praying for me a lot. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? That's a real important question because Peter's going to carry that all the way to Caesarea. Men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man. Do all of you know that he's not born again yet? He's a righteous and God-fearing man. Man, he is devout. He gives to the poor. He prays. He has regular times of prayer. You read further on, and he is one who fasts and prays. He has this amazing life as a, as, as an, a Roman authority. I, he is a godsend, and the Holy Spirit has nudged Peter to go and see him. With a vision. So Cornelius has a vision during his, but I'm saying he's not born of the Spirit yet. I'm sure he's, he believes in Judaism. He is, he's following the Torah. He's, he's doing like all those Christians did that 
or all those Jews did when they, on the day of Pentecost, Jerusalem was full of God-fearing people, but they weren't born of the Spirit yet. And at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a lot of things happened, and one of them was they believed in Jesus. They were now born of the Spirit because they were believing in Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. That's amazing, that kind of influence. Take a moment and think about your influence in this area. <laughs> you know, when I went to Safeway and I was buying groceries, She's across from me. She says, you know, I went to your prayer meeting. I said, you're kidding me. And uh, tell me your first name again. Yeah. Jenna. And I thought, you know, you never know who you're going to meet someplace who's seen you at church or who believes with you. Believers, isn't that true? You just need to be the same all the time everywhere you go. Amen. And so here, that's what Cornelius is. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people, probably because he gave a lot of money to, to them. He probably helped them a lot with, with, uh, with uh, everything that was of their tradition. He says, and a holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them and said, and some of the believers, one translation says, um, brothers. So I got to do this wrong. From Joppa went along. If I were you in those notes, I would put witnesses, because we're going to talk about witnesses a little bit in that. It was really important that Peter went from uh, Joppa to Caesarea, but it was also important that these Jewish believers went with him. Witnesses, eyewitnesses to what is about to happen. They're on the cutting edge of this gospel shall be preached to all nations, even the Gentiles. Man, oh man, you know, I'm 64 and I love what I do. I don't pastor in a church like I used to. I am a caregiver. <laughs> yeah. If you know what caregivers are and what caregivers do, that's me. And I go in and I'm just Bob. And I get to love these people and talk to them about Jesus and pray for them. And pray in the spirit and take people that are hardcore atheists and people that are very, very lost people that don't know Jesus, they're just about to die, people that don't know, uh, a, I have many dementia, dementia patients, Alzheimer patients, and just that whole line of thinking, but I got to tell you something that is alive in them, it's their spirit. They're, they're, that part of their brain might be dying, but their spirit's alive. And when they're grumpy and cranky and difficult, and you're taking care of two people, and you're changing their colostomy bag, or you're changing out their, their briefs, or they just don't feel good, or they want their meds, it's really important to have the fruits of the Spirit in place and be sweet, and loving, and kind, 
and patient. Oh, man. You know, God gave me nine children to train me to be, at the end of my days, to take care of older people. How many know when you got nine kids, you're busy? <laughs> yeah. If you grew up in a large home, you know. Nancy knows. She grew up in a home of eight. So the next day, Peter stirred out with them, and some of the, of the believers from Joppa went along. These are witnesses. So number one, the nudge of the Holy Spirit will operate with the gifts of the Spirit. The nudge of the Holy Spirit will operate with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I gave you two definitions, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm only going to give you two of them because other, even, even that is a lot because I could spend a lot of time just with the word of wisdom and just with the word of knowledge. And then I'm going to give you a couple of things that happened in my life so that you would know that God talks to us today, that these gifts function today, that without them, uh, we can't do God's business. We cannot do God's business without 1 Corinthians 12, without these nine manifestations um, taking place. So the word of wisdom is a spiritual utterance at a given moment through the Spirit supernaturally disclosing. Now get this. This is amazing. The, he is disclosing the mind, purpose, and will of God. That's what the Spirit of God is doing in you. He's disclosing. He's making it clear to others. So as applied to a specific situation. I was at River City Assembly years ago. We had a move of God. And there was a couple that came down to be prayed for. And, and as I'm, and they they had some needs, and they had some things that we wanted that that they wanted me to pray about. And as they're standing there, they're an older couple. <laughs> I'm saying older couple. They were in their sixties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of us in our sixties. How do you how do you change your brain to get old? I, I just don't. How many know that no matter how old you are, you're not old. You, come on. Yeah, we're not old. Not even. I just have not lost that part of my brain. I still think that way. My body goes, mm, no. <laughs> it is not true. And so um, this couple standing there, and I'm praying. This strong impression from the Holy Spirit says, they're living together. They're living in adultery. And you need to talk to them about it right now. Now, that's not comfortable. Uh, but <laughs> what if I'm wrong, God? Has anybody ever had that thought? Yeah. If I was a real preacher, I'd have a hanky, but not, I got a napkin. So, that's just in case I cry. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, "Are you two living together?" And they both dropped their heads. That was my first clue that, I, yeah, I had. Because, see, they'd been coming to church for, like, like, three weeks. I also knew that they'd put a lot of money in the offering. And I thought, Lord, if I tell them they're living in adultery, there goes the offering. I'm sorry for being carnal, but that's just the way it is sometimes. <laughs> Got to pay the bills, right? 
Isn't that right, Brian? <laughs> we got to pay the bills. So I said that to them, and he, he um, said yes. And I said, so you're living in adultery, and you're wanting God to answer prayer. You're wanting God to do things in your life. You're wanting God to help you. You're living together, and you're not married. And they, and they looked at me, and they said, yes. She said, well, we want to be. And I said, well, just smell us back up. So I took him as though he was, we were, I took him as though he was just um, alone. She wasn't even there. And I said, so, so where's your wife? Oh, she's in California. Will she take you back? And he said, yes, yeah, she should take me back. I said, well, then you know the will of God, don't you? You need to go home to your wife, go back to California. And he starts crying, and he said, you know, my wife, I used to be a home leader for Jack Hayford, home group leader, and things just happened, and my wife and I broke up, and I just kind of ran, and here I am up here in Portland, and she starts crying. I said, so where's your husband? Well, she had a husband, but she didn't want to tell me anymore. So I said, I said to him, I said, so call your wife, come back to church tonight, and tell me, come back to church tomorrow night, and tell me if your wife will take you back, because I really believe you need to go home. So look at this. I was disclosing the mind, purpose, and will of God to this man. How many have followed me so far? I really don't care if you don't agree with me, because I'm right. (laughs) The word of God is true. Does God want you to step out by faith? So here's what happened. They didn't come back. I found out that they were at another church in Portland. Two weeks later, another evangelist says, They're down in the front. Another evangelist says, are you two living in adultery? Same Holy Spirit, different church. (laughs) Wow. Same identical word. You need to go home. You need to get married to your wife. You need to go back and make it right. And this, this evangelist worked with the woman, and she needed to go back to her husband and get married. Just restore the relationship. Why am I telling you this? Don't give up your prayer life for people that have left broken marriages, broken homes. Don't give up so quick. Don't give up so quick. I know I'm talking to people here who have gotten divorced and remarried and so forth. And I'm just saying that from this day forward, what you do is you just do it right. Many times you can't go back and do it right. You just can't. you're, You're in a situation now where you just need to... And I know I, I, I've been a pastor. I was a pastor for lots and lots of years, and I heard all kinds of stories. But as long as nothing's been changed, I'm going to believe that the Lord can restore and heal. So whoever was in Jack Hayford's church, this wife that was down there was praying for her husband. And, and so the mind of God and the purpose and the will of God was being uh, uh, given to this man, you've got to understand that he is called the spirit of truth. And the spirit of truth lives in you. 
He lives in you, and he wants to use you to bring light and hope and strength. We can't have miracles unless we have a really, really bad situation. How many thought of that? When we say, well, that's a miracle. <laughs> yes. So lost, so broken, so gone, no hope. And Jesus comes to and restores. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? How do you do that, Pastor? Hallelujah. <laughs> I love that. We got a spring chicken. Hallelujah. I love this man. Praise God. I was a youth pastor in Wenatchee, Wenatchee Assembly of God, First Assembly. And I was praying. We had prayer lines down there. Man, is it time to go already? I'll put her on snooze. <laughs> Nobody go to sleep. <laughs> Turn off your cell phones. Yeah. Oh, my work's calling me. They want me to come into work. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I was down and I was praying over. And this, I love this guy. I love Bruce. Great guy. Sweet man. Lots. I mean, if you have great guys and sweet men in this church, that's Bruce. And I'm praying over him, and all of a sudden I hear coming out of my mouth. And Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, keep Bruce from adultery and keep him from fornication. And I just cut off this wrong relationship right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over you, Bruce. I pray the power of the Spirit to be upon you. And kingdom of God come and will of God be done in your life. And Bruce goes... And he says, how did you know? He's married, he has two kids, he's a deacon, and blah, blah, on and on and on. And he starts crying. He goes, what do I do, what do I do? And so we're praying. Now, what was being revealed there? Yeah. The, the mind, purpose, and will of God. Because, see, sometimes they're interchangeable. So Bruce repented, Bruce made it right, and he cut it off with the woman at work. Everybody, that's a miracle. That's powerful. But just think, Bob, if I hadn't been willing to pray something that was, <laughs> like you're either going to miss it or you're going to get it, right? How many, know, how many does that sometimes keep you from acting in faith? You go, either this is right or this is wrong. Does he, have you, you, so nobody in here has ever said, well, God, what if you don't heal him? <laughs> see, all these thoughts. But you see, when there's that anointing of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit's there, then you are free. You, you have this knowing in your knower. Your inner man knows things that doesn't otherwise take place. You can't just walk in the church and go, yeah, I know what's going on in there and blah, blah, blah. And if you do, they may not receive it. You see... When you have a word of knowledge, or a, this is a word of wisdom, when that word comes and you're praying and the atmosphere is one of prayer and there's conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come, the Spirit of God does a powerful work of convincing this person there's hope. They need to stop. They need to stop that direction. Don't go that way anymore. Don't be with that person anymore. Don't think that way. Amen? Yeah. I know it's a little quiet. <laughs> 
Not always a popular subject in the church, but <laughs> a little sugar with medicine makes it go down better. <laughs> That's why we have laughter, right? So the word of wisdom. Here we go. The word of wisdom. Read that word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of information pertaining to a person or an event given for a specific purpose, usually having to do with an immediate need. So, Agabus had a word of knowledge, you see, about the famine that was coming to Jerusalem. Do you remember reading that next? And then he also took Paul's belt, or took a belt, and he bound Paul with it, and he said, and he prophesied over Paul, and he said, the man that wears this, that has this belt, that's bound with this belt, he's going to be bound and go to Rome. And so Paul says, I was warned by a number of people that this is going to happen, but that's okay. I'm ready to go to Rome. That was a word of knowledge. And so Paul was being, it was being confirmed to Paul that that's where he was going to go, that God was going to take him there. So there's no worries. But I'm telling you what, from that word of knowledge to the time he actually goes to Rome, he, they try to kill him. All kinds of things happen. He's in a shipwreck. <laughs> I don't like being in the ocean because there's always something really, really big under me that wants to swallow me. I'm always thinking that way. I don't know. I like the ocean from just standing on dry beach, you know. Hallelujah. Dry beach forever. Peter, being nudged by the Holy Spirit, experienced the fruit it brings to obey his voice. So we're going to go to step point two. How am I doing on time? It's on my mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, the Seahawks are playing today. Do you know about that? <laughs> and all you Seahawks fans say, amen, right? It's all right. I like Seahawks, yeah. When they win, especially. <laughs> I know. We got Green Bay and we've got, you know, all these others. Yeah, amen. Bob. All right. Number two, the nudge of the Holy Spirit led to the gift of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the Gentiles. That is so powerful. Because in Acts 10, 44, 45, and 46, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. Nobody in the room was saying to them, you should have bought a Honda. Nobody took this group of people behind, you know, the, the Gentiles and said, you know, you need to speak in tongues. Say this real fast. Shit about a Honda. How many know what I'm doing with that? You can't do that. That's not supernatural. Should have bought a Honda. Shit about a Honda. Shit about a Honda. Shit about a Oh, you got it. You got it. You got it. No, 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 no. That's not true. You don't have anything but should have bought a Honda. So. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to the message. 
Verse 45, the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Now here's something about speaking in tongues. This is so powerful. All through Acts, you'll see them speaking in tongues and praising God. When I see someone just praising God, I know that they, and they don't speak in tongues, that's good. When they speak in tongues and don't praise God, that's not good. Because it's just an experience. There is a huge difference. Lots and lots of people I've watched praise the Lord, and that's awesome. And they're praising God and shouting and all that. And I'm just saying, Holy Spirit, there's just a moment where they're going to be open to whatever you have for them, and you're going to give them. God wants to give them the baptism. He wants to breathe on them. And so, but if you're, it, you see, what happens is sometimes if we lean on just an experience and we speak in tongues, we go, yeah, no, I spoke in tongues, but, you know, big deal. No, it is a big deal. Yeah. So if you spoke in tongues like the Gentiles where the Spirit of God came upon them, all of a sudden they have a revelation of several things all at once. And one is they now know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior because they've heard the gospel message. Peter's talked to them about Jesus. And so Jesus is Lord and Jesus is Savior and the focus is Jesus. And so they're, they're glorifying God in heaven. They're glorifying Jesus. And the second thing is they're praying in a language that is they haven't learned. Tongues. It just says that they were speaking in tongues. Now, here's an interesting thing. Who was there witnessing this? The brothers from Joppa, the Jews. They're going, whoa! They received the Holy Spirit just like us. Isn't that cool? When, the heat, when Peter goes back to, uh, to um, Joppa, he gets some heat. Hey, you were in the, in the house of Gentiles. You went to Cornelius, the Roman centurion, and Jews don't do that. Well, now he's had a dream. He has witnesses who have been with him and seen this all happen. And he tells the whole council of God what God's doing. And then they not only believe in Jesus, but those brand new believers get baptized in water. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That is so powerful. So, then Peter said to the group, verse 47, Acts 10, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as we, we did? Wow. What do you mean, eat? From that sheet. I hate lizards. I'm not eating snake or reptile. So they had a diet, they had a strict diet. And their ways are different than the Jews. The Jews were very, very regimented in how they did things. And I'm Thankful that they did things the way they did them. God told them, and that's just the way it was. I mean, they, they did them. But you see, let's, let's take that back home this way for a moment. In the 60s, it was the, um, my dad pastor assembly guy church in Othello. 
So in Othello, we had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. My dad got up early every morning with a farmer, and they prayed for a whole year and believed the Lord to come, and that's exactly what happened. But at the same time, um, how many have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Okay, so there was a prophecy that was fulfilled. Smith Wigglesworth prophesied over David Duplessis. How many know who David Duplessis is? Okay, he's called Mr. Pentecost. So years ago, way before the 60s, uh, I, and I read in um, not only in Smith Wigglesworth's books, but in, in David Duplessis' um, biography, where there was a prophetic and where uh, Smith came in and he sees Duplessis, and Duplessis is a young man, and Duplessis is a preacher, and, and Smith Wigglesworth says, you're going to bring the moving of the Holy Spirit to the other side. I'm, a, I'm just putting it down. So what happened was, the fulfillment was, that the Catholic Church, the Presbyterians, the Lutherans, all these people way back in the 60s got baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. How many know the doctrines are a lot different between Catholicism and Protestantism? All these doctrines are so different. I was just blown away. Episcopalian speaking in tongues. Well, here's what I found out. I'm 19 years old. My family and I, we went to Blessed Sacrament in Seattle on a Saturday night to listen to Father Fulton. He preached. It was salvation. I listened to a Catholic priest who found Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior and was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And he had his robes on. He had his, all his stuff on. And he was still flowing around like this, you know. But that was so cool was he loved Jesus. And there was no doubt he loved Jesus. And I said, I want to align myself with what the Holy Spirit's doing to change hearts. There were hungry, hungry hearts. So if you follow this prophecy of some Swigglesworth of David Duplessis and David Duplessis, it sees the fulfillment of all of this. So it's called the charismatic movement. And so I was just young and I watched and, and I watched and I watched a Lutheran pastor who's groomed, who's just got all these degrees, and he goes, I'm reading the Bible for the first time. Do you know what he's saying? The revelation of this word of God to him is brand new. It's being illuminated. The Bible's come alive, and he loves Jesus, and it's all about Jesus. And he's in my dad's front room, and I'm sitting there listening to him, and he just leans back like this on the couch. He goes, I mean, it was just awesome. I saw these people changing and things taking place, and then some of you were alive in the Jesus movement. Amen? I saw the same Holy Spirit do powerful things in the Jesus movement. What I'm saying is the nudge of the Holy Spirit operates and functions, and there's fruit. You see the fruit of it. You see the gospel of Jesus Christ changing people and healing people and, and making a difference in their life. So I hesitate to call charismatic people charismaniacs. Because 
you can't lump them all into one. I'm just saying that you can't lump them all into one thing. There's, you just, you know what, you know what binds us all together? The love of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. When you listen to them and you hear their testimony and their love for Jesus and so on. And yes, there are people that are off. There are people that don't quite have it together. They don't understand. But I find that the love of God, there's no fear. And you can ask questions and you can talk to them and you can learn from them. And I, way back in the Jesus movement, we saw people getting saved and born of the Spirit. My, and my best, one of my best friends at school, and Tom Graham, he had hair all the way down to here and he walked like this. <laughs> how, how, how many remember that day? When, you know, long hair. Some of us had long hair. Mine's fast going, I'm telling you. But I got to tell you, when Tom Graham, who all he knew was pot, all he knew was drugs, all he knew was everything, and he was a senior in high school, and one day he came to school, and Tom didn't have long hair. He had white sidewalls. And he had a Bible that size, and it was black. And he carried it everywhere he went. And he goes, I got Jesus. I got saved. Now, what was really hilarious about Tom is he didn't stop walking like this. <laughs> he still had the white, the white sidewall, no long hair, you know. And everybody in the school said, what happened to your hair? And he said, I got Jesus. Nobody told him to get a haircut. Nobody told him to get cleaned up and dry up and get rid of your He could not get enough Bible. He could not get enough discipleship. He could not get enough. It was just amazing to see what the spirit of it. And then one day he came and he goes, he's walking down the stool, school hall carrying, and he's speaking in tongues. He goes, guess what, Bob? I said, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're speaking in tongues, right? He goes, yep. I just, and to this day, Tom's in Marysville. He's a CPA. He's still born again. He still loves Jesus. There was a powerful work in his life. I'm telling you, it was just awesome. Three minutes to 12. Oh, my word. So. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, man. I left my notes and everything. <laughs> okay. So where am I? Am I on two? Oh, good. Let's, I'm going to read three to you, and then we can go, okay? <laughs> All right, the fruit, number three, the fruit of obeying the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Here's the one bullet. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will give you the mind, purpose, and will of God as applied to specific situations. That's a word of wisdom. He will give you a revelation of information pertaining to a person or an event given for a specific purpose, usually having to do with the, an immediate need. The Spirit of God will do that. And the next bullet, the Holy Spirit will give you, uh, he will use you to bring change. I know that in North Lake's heart, because I've been with so many of you, it's your desire to bring change to our world. It's called repentance of sin. It's called leaving the old life and putting on the new. Amen. And that's, that's, that's all true. 
uh, to the, so bringing change to unbelievers, and you will see the kingdom of God advancing for the sake of Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. <laughs> I like all of you to stand. Pastor Brian, would you come up and close? Don't you love Pastor Brian? Amen. Sister Jill, I think you ought to grab her hand and come up here and hold her hand. Come on up here. I love these guys. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for everyone here. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, I thank you that your word, when it is given forth, will not return void. So, Lord, I thank you for this. And I'm just going to ask that everyone just bow their heads just for a moment. And I want to ask the question, because I never close the service without asking. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Brian, I just feel an urge from the Lord that I need to receive Jesus personally. I've never made the confession to ask the Lord to forgive me. I've never asked the Lord into my heart. If that's you today, I just want you to slip your hand up and I want a chance to pray with you. Anyone here? Anyone here? Thank you, Jesus. See, living by the nudge, this passage of Scripture encourages us that the gifts are ours today, not just tongue and interpretation. That's a gift that's given for the body as we gather together, but we need to be operating in the fullness of the Spirit. Is it scary? Sometimes to our flesh. But I encourage you, I would rather step out for the Lord and in humbleness be willing to say, Lord, I don't know how, but somehow I missed that. Help me to hear your voice clearer. You know, I've been a fool for the word for the world so many years, and I did things that were stupid. I would rather step out in faith and trust the Lord and wanting to fulfill his will. And so I want to encourage you, the gifts are ours. God's given them to the church for a purpose. Let's begin moving in them and seeing your world change for the glory of God. Seeing everything around you begin to change because God will work on hearts and people will be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and our community will begin to change for the glory of God. Lord, I pray over these at North Lake right now. God, help us, we pray, all of us, to live by the nudge of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray you begin to take us to where, Lord, we would step out in faith like never before. That, Lord, we would see our family and our neighbors and our co-workers, because we're living by that nudge, see them begin to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and respond to your spirit. And God, we'd see fruit of your kingdom, salvations, deliverances, people's lives being totally radically changed. God, that's what we're praying. That's what we're believing. 
here at North Lake Church, one life at a time for the kingdom of God and for your glory. God, we thank you for it. We give you praise. I ask, Lord, now as we go out that you would help us to be intentional as we're led by your spirit this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.